the whole thing was inspired you know we have the the album that's coming out it's called the beautiful dark of life it's inspired actually by our singer brandon's daughter um who he was one day walking with on his or she was on his shoulders he, she was probably i think four at the time maybe five and they just had this moment she was like daddy what, what's that over there and she points at the shadows and, and she he was like oh that's you know those are those are shadows and she's like shadows and he's like yeah yeah those are those are shadows she's like Daddy, shadows are the beautiful dark of life. Wow. <laughs> like, like what? She should four, start like, writing everybody's lyrics, you know? Yeah, so Brandon wow. just wrote it down. He was just like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, who is my daughter right now? She's four. <laughs> Today on the show, we are joined with Dan Jacobs to celebrate 25 years of Atreyu, around reminiscing on their legacy, hearing cool stories, and the key to their longevity. Atreyu's about to release a brand new album called The Beautiful Dark of Life, and that comes out on December 8th. But if you can't wait, they have three EPs right now that connect to this piece, and it's a special and big concept which you're going to hear about in this interview. And yeah, what can I say? We had an absolute blast talking to Dan. It's a very uplifting conversation, full of energy, and a very introspective look on the evolution of the band Atreyu. So yeah, let's get right into it. Well, it's great to like spend some time with you today. Um, when I think of Atreyu, it kind of brings me back to almost my high school years I, I feel like a lot of nostalgia with your band I was like heavy into like a lot of metalcore music in the early 2000s and you guys were like always in the rotation and I think what's cool about these new EPs it kind of uh brought me back to revisiting your music which um I kind of had a bit of lull uh, along the way and then it almost like made me go back and see what I missed and almost like check out all these albums and kind of see how you guys evolved to this uh to what you are now and i think it's like really cool like the evolution of sound uh you guys uh just have like a very like modern style that's almost like you can feel like the the music mature as you like listen to all these albums up to these eps so yeah it's, it's just cool to like have that experience and uh get back into you guys that's awesome i mean i feel um, there's a, a bigger picture, I think, um, that, you know, goes along with what you're saying. I feel that, um, not just with our band, but just in general, um, there, there's a pendulum that, that I like to, I like to, uh, you know, use as the analogies. There's a pendulum that swings back and forth every 10 years, uh, with what comes to music, fashion, um, anything in pop culture, um, and it, the things that the limelight is on, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, from 2000 to 2010, you know, bands like ourselves and things, you know, of that nature uh, were really popular. And there, there was a, a whole wave of that, um, you know, just, just as 20 years before that, um, you know, you had the eighties, which is kind of like the re the pendulum swing back, um, from 2000, to 2010. Uh, and so the, the emo, you know, metal core, everything, it was kind of like the eighties all over again, but in its own like weird shape or form, you know, kind of reimagined, you know? Um, and I think what happened is from 2010 to 2020, you know, like again, every give or take 10 years, the pendulum swung the other way and the limelight was a little bit more on like DJs and, you know, that, that whole kind of dubstep that anything in that realm, country music, hip hop was really, really big. It's still, I mean, all still is big, but uh, as far as like, when you start noting, like noticing like pop culturally, like, um, 
what you start seeing like nowadays would be what you start seeing pop up on social media and TikToks and things like that. You start noticing things, even like country music being like, you know, we're going to check out the heaviest country song you've ever heard. And you're like, what, yeah. what when did that become a thing? You know, but like, <laughs> but um, to play in what you're saying is like the pendulum swinging back. So like we just, for instance, some of the touring we've been doing over the last year, our band, uh, sorry, uh, our band has toured with, you know, bands of our genre that have had just these, you know, enormous influxes of like attendance at their shows. And we did this Trinity of Territory with, you know, Motionless White, Blackville Brides, Ice Nine Kills. We were doing arenas in a lot of cases. And you're like, when did these bands start doing arenas? Like, when did this happen? Like, you know, this full is... circle again. It's so cool. Yeah. So it, basically, like, I think what's happening is this, the pendulum is swaying back heavy music's coming back into the limelight again. And you have a lot of people that grew up on it that when the limelight shined away from it, 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 it kind of makes everybody gravitate away from it for a little bit. Your life goes a different way, your taste and everything changes, but all of a sudden the nostalgia kicks in, you know, the, the pendulum swings back and you can feel the wave coming back the other way. And, and right now we're feeling it as a band, the opportunities that we're getting, um, just the excitement around heavy music again, it just feels exciting again, which it's like, okay, something's happening. I think the pendulum's swinging back again. Here we go. Yeah, I love it. That's so true what you said too. And even I work some production gigs with uh, some people who are, I guess they're more like hip hop heads, but I even noticed they're getting into like, discovering heavier stuff and like asking me questions like oh what is this it's like yeah. almost like oh, again a full circle thing and it's interesting like how you mentioned about like the 2010 era too um i and almost like what gets put in that limelight because i realized i missed a lot of like bands i liked like they were still releasing stuff but I didn't really know about it. And then I'll have a moment. I'd be like, Oh, what happened? Whatever happened to that band type it in to Spotify. And I'm like, Oh, they've been active this whole time. I missed three albums. Like, you know, it's just cause they didn't get yeah. that push, but yeah, again, it's exciting times. And even like, I think it's perfect that you guys are dropping this EP or multiple EPs, which is yeah. hella cool. Um, even like kind of reading your press release and also a couple like things you posted, like on your YouTube of talking about it. I just want to say like, I really like the spirit behind it and like almost the overall theme of the message of just kind of finding your purpose and confidence and almost using that as like just energy and power to push forward. Am I right? Like interpreting yeah. it that way? Yeah, absolutely. You want to like kind of uh, tell me a bit about like, putting all these together and like why is it like a triple ep and how you guys all got on the same like wavelength to do this yeah so i mean there's you know you know a lot of it plays into also just the time you know like where we're at in life and the way technology is the way people ingest music um when you are you know with anything you do you know even with, with what you do doing you know interviews and podcasts things of the such you want, if you're going to put this time and effort and love and passion into what it is that you do, you want people to, if you're, especially you're going to put it on a platform where the public is allowed to watch it. You want people to appreciate the passion and, and the effort and everything you put into this. Cause you're like, I love this. I want this to resonate with other people that love things like this. Um, our, our band is always vibrated on that kind of level. And, and we want to, in the modern, you know, playing field that we're working with make sure that we're still getting our music out to everybody in the um 
I don't know, the easiest, the most efficient way possible to where it doesn't get lost. It doesn't get underappreciated. Um, th there's a lot of stuff out there that is so underappreciated these days because of things just getting lost in the mix of how accessible everything is. You know, if you go back to, you know, the eighties and the nineties when MTV was a thing, like, and, and radio and like magazines, like, like more, you know, tangible things became the only way that you can get your eyes or ears on anything. It made things more valuable. It was like, this was your only place to go. There's only so many things on this platform. And if you were on it, like if you could make your way on it, boom, you're in, you know, now the platform is massive. It's the whole world. Everybody has access. So how do you, how do you keep people engaged? How do you keep people wanting to appreciate you? And it's like, it's, it's a different formula. It's a different algorithm that you have to play to, to, to keep people engaged. Um, and a lot of that is because of how fast things are. You, you got to think the way when you scroll through social media, um, everything is like, you, you can just sit there on the toilet when you're taking a shit in the morning and just scroll through videos all forever. And you're like, I got to stop for a second and get off this toilet and get on with my life. Yeah. Your legs asleep. Hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Legs asleep. Yeah, it, it, it turns into a whole thing. You realize like, you're like, Oh my God, what time is it? Like, what am I doing with my life? I'm just sitting on a toilet, just swiping through videos. Like, but this is how we digest information. Like that is our newspaper. You know what I mean? If you go back to the eighties or whatever, it was like, that was the newspaper sitting there reading your newspaper in the morning. Now you get up and you get on your phone and you scroll through um, media that has been designed by yourself of what it is that you're interested in reading. It just cuts all, all the other crap out and it just gives you that. So we want to play into all that with releasing music you know, we, we broke everything up into, you know, we have an album that's coming out, but it was slow dripped without saying anything, which also makes it fun. You know, as part of the process is making it an experience. You know, it's not just like, here's our music. It's like, there's so much thought that goes into this. Like if, if people truly understood the depth that goes into every single song, the whole way everything comes together, the meaning behind it all. Like if you put the whole puzzle together, you could do a whole Netflix fucking series on just one album and every element that makes it all encompassing, like come together. So in this particular case, we have these three EPs that um, I can't, I can't because the, the full album hasn't come out yet. I can't uh, fully, I don't, I don't want to expose the full ending of everything, but it'll all come together. Once the album comes out, everything will all make sense. It'll all connect, you know, even more so than it has, which is exciting. Um, but each each um, EP is, you know, kind of a moment in life and, and uh, explaining the journey of collectively finding yourself. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of what life is all about, really, is that journey. You know, it's not about a destination. It's about the journey. And, you know, as soon as you do think you've found the, you know, the end, it's, it's really just the beginning of another journey. Um, the whole thing was inspired you know we have the the album that's coming out it's called the beautiful dark of life it's inspired actually by our singer brandon's daughter um who he was one day walking with on his or she was on his shoulders he, she was probably i think four at the time maybe five um and they're they're leaving a restaurant she's on his shoulders and they just had this moment she was like daddy what, what's that over there and she points at the shadows and, and she and he was like oh that's you know those are those are shadows She's like shadows, and he's like, yeah, yeah, those are those are shadows. She's like, Daddy, shadows are the beautiful dark of life. Wow, <laughs> I'm like, 
like what she used to start like, writing everybody's lyrics you know yeah so brandon <laughs> just wrote it down he was just like are you kidding yeah. me like who is my daughter right now she's four and just like this this super just powerful kind of like shadows of the beautiful dark of life and it was just like so yeah. that that was kind of the like he was like i just this was just it's so innocent what's so powerful about it is that it was so innocent you know what i mean like this four-year-old girl who doesn't even know anything about life just saw that and just from her feelings and the little vocabulary that she knew like this is what came out and that was such a powerful statement that we're like we got to run with this like there's there's something you know that's kind of the seed of what's really going on here and that's um, so beautiful that's, man that's that's yeah. awesome to hear that gave me like another layer of appreciation of something i was already appreciating you know like i almost got goosebumps hearing that story and everything it's uh super cool and um even i i just like uh kind of hearing on your youtube channel you guys talk about one of the eps i feel like there's just like this special camaraderie of, about it like within the band it seems like you're all kind of collabing and writing together and even just it's almost like an unspoken energy i was feeling when you guys were talking about it almost like you have these powerful intentions towards um this piece you're making too and uh would, would i be right to like kind of get that feeling from you guys it seems like you guys kind of got like a breath of like new energy going into this work yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think right now especially having uh you know where we're currently at with our lineup in the band, having our uh, drummer Kyle Rose in the band as well. Um, and just where our heads are at, as far as the way that we go about writing and stuff right now, there's just such a incredible energy between all of us that is super exciting and really fun to work with. I mean, we've, the one thing we've learned over the years from touring and working with other bands, other producers, and just seeing how other people do things is how interesting and special our situation is. Um, a lot of bands, you know, there's certain, and, and to be, you know, to each their own, everybody has their own situation that works for them in any regards of any, any industry, you know, um, and you have to go with that, whatever you, whatever that is for you, like you have to go with that with our band. It's a very communal thing. It's very like, everybody has a equally valuable input on everything that we do. And we value everybody's even the largest amount to the tiniest bit of information because the value of the largest down to the smallest can be astronomical and you have to respect that. And if you appreciate that and you allow that it, it's mind blowing the end results that come out of this, like our writing process, just to break it down is we go into a studio everybody in our band has already pre been writing stuff, you know, whether you're sitting in your car and an idea comes in, you hum it to your phone or you're in the shower and you're scrubbing your back and you're like, Oh, I have this idea. And you scrub it and you sing it in your phone or you start humming some sick riff or breakdown. This is going to be the sickest riff ever. I fucking got yeah. this with the shower playing in the background. Yeah. You never know how it's going to start, you know, but you all, you have this, everybody has their own thing. Some of the guys in our band, like Travis, our guitar player or, and Kyle, our guy, our drummer, Kyle are people that will, um, pre they're not as much like they're more focused on like the riff and like the groove and they'll actually go and record this and bring it in to like listen to this as opposed mm. to like Brandon myself or Porter that are more like we'll come up with a melody or an idea a concept and bring that in um, so we go into the room and you have everybody who's going to be participating that day whether it be a producer say John Feldman who's involved uh, all five members of our band always 
um, occasionally another songwriter, um, people that we appreciate that we want to not write a song for us, but be another ear in the room, be somebody that like, we'll hear something that we're not hearing about our band that we're like, I didn't see us that way. You know, like, I didn't know that I didn't under, I didn't realize that we could be that way or, um, I know it just brings a fresh flavor into the room. It can be really stimulating. Um, but also, which is cool about that is that if you don't like that, you don't have to use it. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. just to simulate ideas. You, you just never know. But yeah. um, so we go in there, everyone has their ideas. Everyone, we do a round, round robin. Everyone goes in there and they, they play their riff. They play their, their, whatever they're recording. And maybe you have a couple songs, you know, and now if you're in a room with five, six, seven people and everyone's throwing out their ideas, we're like, okay. Uh, what are we feeling? You know, like we're feeling this person's idea. Okay. Let's start with that one. Cause we have like 15 ideas and we love most of these. Like we could, we have an album almost right here. If we just follow through with all this, but where do we start? What are we feeling right now in this moment? We're feeling this song. Okay. Let's go. Cause the technology, you have everything set up um, to where drums are set up already. The vocal booth is set up. We have um, you know, we can just plug in guitar amps and stuff and go using Kempers and things like that, that are digitally, you know, easily to um, manipulate really quickly to initially just start with a demo. If we have whatever it starts with, we're like, we like this idea. Maybe it's a riff. All right. You know, whoever came up with a riff, it doesn't matter if it's me or Travis, the guitar players, it could be Brandon, it could be Porter, it could be whoever. There's no ego in the room. It's, it's just like, where, where is this plate? Who's going to plant the seed? Like you're planting it. All right. You came up with that riff, sit down and record it. What's the mm. click? What's the vibe? What's the tempo? Nice. Okay, let's go through it. This is the tempo. Cool. All right. Record that riff. Oh, now that we got it. Uh, guys, guys, I have an idea for drums. Okay. What do you think, Dan? Like, uh, I think this. Uh, Travis jumps in. Oh, you know what? I think, you know what? What if we took that idea, but we changed it and did this to it? Like, oh, this is super cool. Now everybody's like getting this creative like energy going. And we just start going. Whatever people come up with, you just jump in the booth, lay it down. It doesn't matter who you are in the band. If you're the if you're the drummer and you have a singing part, like I have this idea for a melody, cool, jump in the booth and lay it down mm, and just record nice. it. We just build out this demo. And once you just people start getting excited about other people's creativity, about these ideas, you're like, oh my God, I did not think of this like that. That is so interesting. Holy shit, my wheels are turning in this other way now. Now I have to like rethink this whole song in such an exciting way. And the, the, you can feel this build. And we just lay this down until you get this really cool demo that's not the finished song, but it's enough where you're like, we've done enough to where like that song's cool. Let's put that aside. What's next? Let's do it again and again and again and again. And then once we have this like arsenal of songs, we're like, now let's pick the ones that we like and let's finish them. Now we sit down and you get the tone. Then you get the, you know, the fit the perfect lyric, the perfect, you know, violin or whatever the fuck you want to put in there to make it like come to life, whatever it needs, you know? Yeah, dude, that's such that sounds like such a special process to do that and uh even i can tell by you explaining it that there's excitement in your voice and i think that's so cool especially like atreyu being a 25 year old band you know like i've i've met some people in bands who kind of like legacy bands and you can tell them going into albums sometimes they feel like it's like okay it's a job i need to come up with a single and it's just like the they're kind of like numb to the process where it just you explaining like what Atreyu does sounded like so cool. And like, like, again, like in your voice, there was like so much excitement about everybody coming together. It's almost like this big collaboration party. And, and I think that's fucking awesome, man. It's exciting. It, and it's something, I think it's really inspiring, not just for ourselves and our band, but for anybody like to understand this, 
concept. Like you, like some people like will sit in a room like that and can be super intimidating, whether it be at a job, you're just, you're at a job and you're in this meeting with a bunch of people and you're really intimidated for whatever reason, maybe you're new. And like, you feel like maybe you're, you don't have the value that these other people have because they've been here longer than you or whatever the situation is. But the thing is, it's like, if you have an idea that like you feel it and you're like, dude, this is, I know there's something cool about this idea. Just say it, just throw it out into the room. And, and sometimes that one little like person that's sitting in the corner, that's not saying anything the entire time. And at the very end where we're kind of like, man, I don't know how to like bring this song together. Something just feels off. They're like, what if we did this? And you're like, boom, like, holy yeah, shit. It all connects. Whoa. And everything. Like yeah. everybody in the whole room is like, oh my God, you just ran, you just ran through everyone and just slam dunked this fucking idea. <laughs> and everyone's like, holy shit. We did not think of the song like that. Everybody stop what you're doing. Holy shit. Grab this instrument. Get this. Go, 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 go. All hands on deck. This is the greatest idea. This is what we needed. And that person now feels like a million dollars who was sitting there quietly in the corner who you thought could potentially be the most worthless person ever. And they just literally changed the whole game. And they're, it's almost like their idea was the most valuable thing, even though they didn't create everything else, they shifted everything in the right direction. And that was it. And then like, that is super exciting about the writing process for us is that like, because nobody has the egos, everybody is there on the same page. Everybody is an even like member of what we do. Like nobody's like, you get way more money for this and you get a little cut for that. And if you write more over here, you're getting more, like when you start cutting things up like that in our sort, sort of situation, you know, it, it makes people feel uncomfortable, makes you feel devalued or more like, or that you're there because you're getting paid that you're more valuable than somebody else. Mm -hmm. And like in certain scenarios, maybe that works for people and you got to do, you, you got to do that. But for us, what works creatively the best that feels the best is that we're all on the same page and we all allow that creative process to just flow and allow every voice to be heard. And democratically, if we don't like an idea, but like, guys, I really think this idea is cool. And we're like, well, what does everybody else think? And we're like, well, the other four members are like, ah, we're not really feeling it. It's like, all right, fine, no big deal. If you guys aren't liking yeah. it, I'm not gonna force this. You know, like if nobody's feeling this, we're not feeling it. I shouldn't have to sell it that hard to get the mm -hmm. whole band to like, just be like, yeah, that sounds cool. Like if it sounds cool, it's gonna sound cool. Like yeah. sometimes it might be, you know, it just takes a little selling because people just can't digest it. Might maybe you have to actually go physically play it or something to like, yeah, or an, even a, an idea for a different song, you know, or something like that as well. Sometimes that, sometimes it's like, hold on, that's a really cool. I don't know if that works in this song. Save that for over here. Boom! Now you have a whole another song, and you know, sometimes yeah. that how that's how it goes down. Yeah. I think that it's so cool. Like, uh, again, this process and it, it even feels like, uh, you kind of build each other just like morally and everything. And I notice myself too, when I'm working on something creative, like the best creativity comes out of me when my mind is happy and I'm like kind of loose and stuff like that. So it's cool that like to hear you guys, like kind of like encourage each other like that and everything as I'm sure like with a lot of different bands not to like just generalize like every band but there's certain egos involved where one person wants to be like the sole writer like idea man where you guys sure. just seem like a big happy family all coming together making a big hug and then all of a sudden a song appears type of thing and it's yeah, awesome I mean, it's that's i mean yeah it really is it's it's i mean this deep into our career like i'm like it's because you never think when you're first starting, like how long your career is going to go or any of that means to anybody or anything. You know, I've, I remember people asking us when we were releasing our album, The Curse in 2004, like, where do you think you're going to be in five years? And you're like, I don't I don't know. I mean, hopefully still here. Like, I just I just I, I just enjoy what I do. I don't want to not do this anymore. Hopefully not be not, you know, not doing this, you know, but mm -hmm. um, to be doing it for 25 years, you know, it's just like 
you know, we just fucking love doing it. You know, it's just, it's just, it just love doing it. Like that's at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we do it cause we love it and there's nothing else that matters really. And like, and, and when you, when you, you know, get away from that, you know, like when you try to do anything else, when it's like, we need to write the big single, we need to do whatever, like, like it, it, it feels empty. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel right. You know, it, it's, it's when you just like, fuck it. I just want to write what I fucking love. Like I'm listening to this kind of music right now. And I want to bring that kind of music into this kind of music and let's just fucking have some fun with it. And that's when shit just starts getting weird. And that's when you start blending genres and that's when, you know, the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when you find your true self and your true voice as an artist as well. And uh, is there anything, like speaking of the curse, is there anything um, that you would tell yourself in the past uh, about this journey you were about to go on? Like any advice you give uh, that Dan who made the curse, like from Dan now? Oh, man. I mean, it'd be a totally different album, I think, if we did it now compared to then. It's just because of the the experience that we can't, I can't un, un, you know, I can't take back, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in a, and I mean that in a very positive way. You know, I mean, the more you go through life, the more you digest and learn and you can't just unlearn all this information, all these experiences. We've worked with a lot of different producers, um, toured with so many incredible bands all over the world and, and so many different cultures. I mean, there's so much information that we've gathered that's so valuable. And we, you cut out the stuff you don't like, you keep the stuff you do. And that collectively, collectively makes the ultimate version of you. Um, so if, if we were to, you know, if I was to go back and, and do it all again, you know, like, um, I don't know, we would probably just try to make it sound even bigger and, and more large. There'd be more production on it. I mean, there would probably be all the violins and saxophones and, everything you can possibly imagine to just make it sound like the biggest band sonically on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's so, I, we listen to that kind of stuff now and it's so raw and like, it's so just guitar bass, drums and vocals. And like, that's cool. Like there's something super cool. And like, there's, you know, there's something that that's where a lot of the greatest bands on the planet, like they came from just to an extent that, you know, but there's, um, there's just something so fun about, I don't know, pr production, I guess is, the overall way of putting it but um if i could go back i would i would be more in depth with the production and stuff and uh um just making things be even more grandioso you know yeah that's cool and obviously like you've such a vet now with songwriting and touring and everything just this year you toured with like godsmack and iron maiden and stuff and um yeah even like Weird. going back to again to I, I love like reminiscing on shit. So it's like going sure, back to the old uh, the old Dan, um, like I guess starting in this band to um did you have like almost like how did it feel to like almost like transition from being like a little band, probably playing like the little bars and everything, to all of a sudden like getting these singles out on like whether it's like headbangers ball or much loud in Canada and just like, it seems like you guys kind of like skyrocketed like real quick and all of a sudden you're doing bigger venues and like fast forward again, like tours like with Iron Maiden and like throughout your whole history, like you've, these aren't like your first time, like being with these legacy acts and huge arenas and stadiums and stuff like that. Did you have like any, like, uh, I guess like internal shock, like jumping into the deep end or anything like that. Um, 
sort of like it was it was there's a few moments that have stood out where it was like like whoa this is kind of a shock some of it's like like it, these cool opportunities come up but then when you get into it it's like not as crazy initially as you think and it kind of wells up and you it, it it almost happens so gradually at least the way it feels stuff it happens so gradually that like when it does happen you're kind of like well of course like why wouldn't this happen now we've been working so hard we've put so much time in like why wouldn't this be the next step you know but at the same time now because we've doing this for so long you've also seen how the ebbs and flows of your career can happen and how like these moments are are more interesting and more special than you realize you know uh, i mean for us like a really i mean there was like these these certain little kind of like pivoting moments i mean us getting signed to victory records back in 2001 i think it was that was a whole weird thing where like we sent our, we recorded uh, like a demo basically. And we sent it out to every record label and like the hardcore metal core, whatever that term didn't even exist yet at the time. Mm-hmm. We sent it out to every label you can think of. And none of them responded except for victory records who we didn't send one to, because we thought they were like just above what we were shooting for. So we just oh, didn't wow. somehow somebody that knew somebody victory found us on the internet. We could, I don't know statistically if this is a fact, but timing wise we could potentially be the first band that ever got signed and discovered because of the internet oh wow (laughs) 2001 we're talking like og internet days like somebody found our website found our song and gave it to somebody at victory and they contacted us and we thought it was a joke and we told them to fuck off (laughs) this is like right before myspace too i believe like right before myspace before any of this Yeah, yeah yeah it was before any of this so it didn't cell phones weren't even really a thing like it just like it was internet was just such a new thing um so that was kind of a weird thing we told them like fuck off like this doesn't make any sense <laughs> they hit us back they're like no no this really is victory records we want to sign you uh we're like okay they're like well, well they're like we want to come out and see you play though they basically wanted like are you the real deal and we're like well what does that mean we're, we're like well, what are you playing next we're like uh well in two weeks we have two shows we have one we're playing a party in lake elsinore california it's us and this band called avenge sevenfold uh, we're playing this beach party or whatever. Uh, and then the next wow. day we're playing with a band called Botch at Chain Reaction. If you want to come see us play. And they're like, okay, this girl, Kathy, she was the one that our contact, she came out, saw us play and was like, oh, you guys are the real deal. And then signed us. And we're like, holy shit, we're getting signed to Victory Records. Like what the fuck's <laughs> going on? So then it fast forward there. The next thing was like getting flown out to New York or uh, South River, New Jersey. It was our first time ever. Like none of us had been anywhere before. Now we're flying across the country to, play mute to, to record an album and go to new york city for the first time it was like holy crap like this is wow like music brought us to the other side of the country and then it wasn't like we went on tour and stuff and it was kind of this slow like whatever build got up to our first headlining tour in 2003 you know went on europe for our first time 2003 our first headliner was us under oath was opening uh god forbid um darkest hour we were playing nice. to like you know three 300 to like 500 people a night wow and then we released the curse and that's when shit like I'll end it with that. But that's when we released the curse. That's when shit got fucking wild. Where we felt this noticeable like jump. Where like um, at the time there was Virgin uh, Megastore, or whatever that was doing like selling CDs and albums and whatnot at this mall by this uh, this outdoor mall called the Block. It was this massive outdoor mall. Um, we were supposed to do a signing there on the day that our album came out. I think it was like June twenty fourth, two thousand four. We we're supposed to do a signing for people. And us, a band, a metalcore band, that, again, that term didn't exist yet, but like that aggressive band at um, the Virgin Megastore, like it was just like, they, like this was like the poor and the rich. Like it was asking yeah, poor yeah. people to come to some like bougie thing and like like be the entertainers or something. We're like, you sure you want us there? Like 
we don't fit there. We're this like hardcore, whatever weird, obscure band. And you want us to come to Virgin and do a signing for our new album that's dropping. We're like, nobody's going to be there. This is going to be super awkward, like whatever. And I remember getting that in my car and walking up. And as we're walking up, I could see, like all of a sudden I could see a couple people in front of the store. I was like, oh, there's some people here. And as I started getting closer, I realized that the line just kept going and going and going and wrapped all the way around the fucking mall. Wow. Like we like to this day, I'm like, that is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to our band. We went in there and signed for five hours. Holy shit. We had, to, we had to have like breaks. Like we've never, to this day, we've never had an experience like that where we had a five hour long signing where there was like a mile long people wrapped around this mall to come see our, our screamy band. I'm like, yeah, like, what? Like, there was, it was like, a weird that wasn't you could feel the pendulum swinging man that was when it was like shit was happening that's so cool to hear the story because like i even remember around when the curse came out too um i noticed um a bunch of people in my high school who weren't really into like heavy music and mainly girls all started listening to atreyu and atreyu be became like the band if i wanted to play like something with like screaming at a party that wouldn't scare them away i could always put on atreyu i don't know yeah. you just kind of like tapped into gateway like, band yeah like all these teenagers and it's so cool to hear that story of like the record store because that kind of lines up uh in my memory of nostalgia with you guys and everything but uh yeah um i know i'm I'm going a little over time can i ask you one more question before we go or do you have like another uh meeting um if it's quick yeah sure why not okay yeah just um i guess uh we get we get a lot of uh different um like aspiring like creatives listen to these segments as well if somebody was in a band and they're trying to like kind of like break out of the garage and take their first step into the industry uh, would you have any like simple advice for that i know it's like a bigger topic but this is kind of like a signature question i ask every time but... oh man um it's a tough one but like you you just got to get out there you just got to get in front of people and like i think a lot of it is showing that you're dedicated and you're passionate and that you want it really bad when you, when you put that effort into it, you got to think about it. If you're trying to get, if, if you're trying to not do it yourself, you're trying to get a record label or somebody management, people to back you up. What are people going to be looking for is the, they want something that's not going to be too difficult. They don't want to, they don't want some grind. Like not that it's not going to be work, but like they don't want something where like, hopefully we can get people to like this band. They want something where it's like, this band is working really hard. They're already got some momentum behind them. They're already booking shows. They're already doing stuff. This is a band that's like, showing that they really really want this and they're not just kind of lazy and like we just want somebody to like get us somewhere it's like this band's going to do it whether somebody gets on the train with them or not so if you put the effort in whether it be to practicing and making sure you are the best version of yourself you can uh to educating yourself whether it be going to concerts and watching big bands watching what they do watching the big bands that you more importantly watching the big bands that you like so you get like the most real like inspiration, but also be even bands that you don't like. And it's not about whether you like their music or not. It's about what it is that they're doing that is attracting people and that is making their career successful. If you're trying to build a successful music career, it doesn't matter what genre of music it is. Look at other styles of music, look at other artists that are successful and learn from them. Don't, don't tunnel vision yourself to one industry or anything like that. And it doesn't matter what business you're in. You can be if you're a band, go. It, it, there's so many elements to being a band. Go look at clothing lines because you're selling merch as a band. Go look at clothing lines and seeing what clothing lines that you like that resonate with you and your culture are doing, and take those ideas 
and create your own versions of that and implement that into your merch and into your band. And like, same thing with the music, same thing with everything, like find the parallels, find the things that are already have won and been successful and pull little pieces of all of them and collectively make your recipes. You're not stealing anyone's recipe. You're making your own. You're just, you're, you're taking, not stealing, you're taking ingredients and creating your own recipe. Awesome, Dan. Well said. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate all your energy and enthusiasm. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And uh, you too. Yeah, congrats on the 25 years. And we're going to do this again at the 50th, you know? So That's I'll see right. you then. <laughs> yeah. cool. Take care. Thank Have you, a great Sean. night. You too. Take it easy. Thanks again to Dan for spending time with us today. Like we mentioned, The Beautiful Dark of Life is coming out on December 8th. And you can check out three EPs right now that lead up to this amazing work. And it's a beautiful time to be an Atreyu fan. Look at all this content you guys get. Absolute legends who are still going strong. And speaking of legends who keep me going strong, we can't get out of here without thanking all of you who are signed up to our Patreon page. First up, my guy, Mike Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube channel. If you're into technology, electronics, how they work, and most importantly, how to fix them, check out Testing with Mike on YouTube. Another big thanks to the lovely Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd. Beyond being the host of Top 10 Nerd and speaking to millions of subscribers, Amanda has her very own YouTube channel. You should check it out. Type in Amanda McKnight and join her as we celebrate comic books, video games, movies, and all things nerdy. That's Amanda McKnight on YouTube. Another big thanks to the wonderful Jenny Potter, the legend Devin McBride, my favorite soul singer, Saber, and last but not least, Francis Coffer, aka my mom. If you want to support the show and get all these episodes raw, uncut, early, unedited, right when I'm done the Zoom call, I just post them. You can go to patreon.com slash the creative imbalance. And beyond having my thanks, you'll get to go to bed at night and sleep soundly knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw, uncut, independent media. And nobody can take that away from you. You hear me? With that being said, we got a lot more episodes coming your way in the next few weeks. Appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers.